0: Welcome into another episode of one of these years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner, and uh, we are—is it mock draft season? We're beyond free agency. We're no. in the window between <laughs> the first wave yeah, of free right. agency and the draft. So this is when you get like a mock draft else. today.
1: <laughs> we've been in mock draft. Yeah, <laughs> we've been in mock draft that's season fair. for months. Uh, but yeah,
0: <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so I mean, we want to talk about that quite a bit in this episode, though, because I think that. Yeah, we have seen. This has been, I, I mean, it's the wildest NFL offseason.
1: Yeah, a lot going on.
0: Ever, <laughs> maybe ever, yeah. uh, and a ton of trades. Even this this week, we had uh, some more quarterbacks moving. Tyree Kill got dealt about uh, not even twenty four hours ago, um, and the Lions are still sitting there at number two, trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. Malik Willis had a good pro day. Matt Coral had a good pro day, Uh, a bunch more going on this week. Desmond Ritter's up on Thursday. So um, I I don't know. Can you reset where we're at here with the number two pick? And uh, there's just so much to figure out in the next uh, month here.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I think that at this point, you know, when I did a mock, for us this week, the full 32, because I think Dane is overwhelmed with the beast here right now. He's getting in the closing stretches of that. So I did one of those and I tried to reset everything right after the quarterback carousel and the free agency window and all this stuff that we've seen. And you know, a couple things become clear in that you know, more and more teams are are starting to see what you know, Chris, what you and I saw in the rain in Mobile with Willis. Um, I think more and more people are starting to see. You know, they, I think more and more people are starting to get there, I guess, is maybe the best way to say that with Willis. I don't know if there's a better way to say it, but like more people are starting to to, to buy in or, or believe that he could be a guy that's possible uh, as a top 10 pick. And I think that that opens up a bunch of, you know, now suddenly Carolina at six, you know, Atlanta now needs a quarterback. Uh, what do they want to do? Uh, Seattle is up there. What do they want to do? And then, you know, obviously the Lions, and you wrote about that this week too, you know, is that, is that something they want to do? But it's just like there's so much going on around the Lions right now that I think it not only behooves them obviously to figure out what they want to do and who's their favorite player at this spot, you know, and how the board shakes. But, like, there's a there's maybe an opportunity here. I don't know. It's March and a lot can change. But, like, there's maybe an opportunity to move. I, I feel like there's maybe more of one than I can remember in recent years. I wonder if you have any thoughts uh, or, or disagree on that.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I agree, um, it, it, and I think that the, that was part of the, probably the biggest thing. You know, I was watching that Willis pro day, and even the NFL Network guys were talking about, well, maybe, maybe yeah, you trade no. into the fifteen or twenty, and then uh-uh. you pick him. No, there's no way, no, no, no way. way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's over. I think he's a top yeah, ten it's guy it's in this top 10 class. Pick, yeah, I think um, so too. And, and you know, some of that is just the class obviously you know there's not he, he, we've been waiting for a guy to emerge and i think you can say at this exactly. point that he's kind of emerged and some of that is again it's the class it's just the desperation we're seeing from teams needing quarterbacks and there still are some right behind right. the lions that need quarterbacks but i think you also um he had a really good senior bowl he had a really good pro day he had a really good combine i mean like all the boxes you want to check off along the way here uh, not just for the physical part, well, of it. Yep. right? That, that's the big yep. part of it. Like the the other stuff. Like we knew he was fast mm-hmm. with a big arm, and now right. you hear all this stuff about you see the the stuff at his pro day about what a great teammate he is, and hear about oh, how he's doing yeah. in interviews, and the Lions coaches talked about how he was so far ahead of the curve with the playbook when he got to Mobile. Like all this stuff that you need from your quarterback, and so I. I guess, do you feel like there's more chance that they're picking him at two or more chance that someone else is coming up to get him or might come up to get him at two? Like, is there enough momentum to think that the Lions could actually do this?
1: Uh, That's hard, you know, but I think, you know, I would say probably not. I would doubt it, but it's like, I don't know that. And if I'm the Lions, like I would be. I would be pushing hard for people like me to think that they're they're definitely in on possibly taking him because that makes that pick that much more valuable. I mean like that's you know that's sort of the point here but I think that yeah I mean yes I think the the easy answer on that is yes that he's he needs to be part of their conversation like we've you, know, you and I have talked so much about um these pods you know like who you who are, you, who are you sort of adding to the mix at two? Like we've talked about on Thibodeau. We've talked about Hutchinson, obviously, if he's still there. Uh, Trayvon Walker, Hamilton. Uh, and I think that, you know, at this point, we've sort of been talking ourselves around this situation. But I mean, it's like maybe the Lions have already been here. But like, yeah, I think Malik Willis needs to be in that discussion. Like, is he legitimately a guy that has what you think you need from a quarterback? And if so, then what are you waiting for? You have the ability to do it right now. Uh, you don't have to trade anything else. You still have everything you have that you have next year. You still have the ability to build your team around this guy as he grows. And if you and as you and I have talked about, you know, he's more ready than people probably thought he was, I would say a year ago at this time for sure. And probably more ready than people thought he was maybe six months ago. Because I just think the more you watch him, the more you see him. And you mentioned it about the pro day. Like one of the things that I, you know, didn't chuckle about, but I was like, the thing that stood out to me the most about his pro day. He's out there, he's throwing the ball, one of the kids drops a beautiful pass over the middle, and the camera shows to Willis, who's immediately telling the kid, like, shake it off, shake it off, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, only focused on the kid who, I don't even know the kid's name, drops the pass. Like, that's him, he's a pretty cool kid that everybody wants to be around, so if if it's what you want, go get it. And I think that he has to be in consideration for them at two, yes. Whether or not they do it, you know, is another conversation, but... All things considered, I don't know why he wouldn't be.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned I wrote about it this week, and I think one of the points that I made is that this is – you kind of have the cover to go do this if you want. Because the Lions want to draft and develop a guy. They have Goff in there. They have two more picks in the top 35. They have
1: Mm -hmm.
0: four more picks in the top 100, so you could still build out this class with some other things. The problem is if you wait till next year – and the view of this coaching staff heading into the draft is, okay, we want to draft a guy and sit him for a year. Okay, well, now you're pushing everything out to 2024. Is Goff going to right. be your quarterback in 2023? Are you, like, what's... Right. I, yeah, I mean, you're good. just sort of kicking the can down the road. Eventually, Jared Goff is not going to be your guy here. I think that there is a ceiling with Jared Goff that mm-hmm. they're eventually going to have to break through with someone else. So... uh how right. long are you waiting to make that happen? And, again, as we've said before, you don't have to do that in the draft. We've seen you – know, <laughs> look at the quarterback's moving. Uh, that won't happen every offseason, but if you want to go find a guy and you're right on the brink, you probably can go yeah. trade for a guy. So, make it work, yeah, right. You don't have to go through the draft, but I think that they do have some cover if they want to go through the draft. I, I think the idea of – it's interesting. I kind of go back and forth on the idea of, like, well, you need to convince everyone – that you want this guy at pick two because then that makes the the pick more valuable. Someone yeah. Also trade up. Try to convince you. Like we'll give you this. Right. You want the picks more than than staying put. Like you want the the draft capital more than staying put. So here's all this stuff we'll give you. The problem is you. It's also kind of a fine line because if you oversell how much you want a guy, then yeah. everyone wants to get in front of you, right? Like everyone wants right. to go to one. Yeah. Day, well, right. we can't let the Lions get a shot at Willis. That's they, they totally Willis. fair. Yeah. And so right. that's always the difficulty I have when we do this uh, dance at this time of year. Yeah. It's like, well, you got to sell everyone that you're going to take them. Well, you don't want exactly. to sell them all the way because it is hard. you to panic and say, <laughs> right, well, we got to yeah. trade the Jacksonville spot. So I yeah. don't know how. that's a tough balance. You got to back channel that bad boy. You got to get some
1: people on the horn in the back rooms and, uh, and figure that out. yeah I agree it's really hard but yeah well
0: that's I mean and you and I have talked about that this week is that it's been a little surprising we know the lions are out at a bunch of these pro days we know that they've had yeah. a ton of contact with these quarterbacks specifically but also with you know Holmes was out at Oregon uh to watch Thibodeau. they obviously know Hutchinson like they had contact with a ton of these guys and we have not heard this is about the time of year where you start to hear the well the lions are Really poking around Mm -hmm. on this guy or that guy and you start to and a lot of that comes from Yeah. You know, GMs and front office people sort of floating it just to see what their reaction's gonna be. And we haven't heard any of that. So I don't know I I don't know. Do you have a take on why it's been kind of quiet so far?
1: I you know, it's my 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 wonder is, you know, if this is Brad Holmes um and just sort of how he prefers maybe to not do things or maybe to do things. Uh, I'm not sure because last year too, we didn't really, there wasn't a lot of that. I mean, I guess there maybe, maybe was a little bit of it late, um, yeah, but there the wasn't Chase, a ton Jamar of Chase stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a, there wasn't a ton of mystery there. Um, and there wasn't a ton of what are they going to do? What are they not going to do? Or, you know, they like this or they don't like that or whatever. But again, Then again, you thought about, well, they were picking a little later. It wasn't like they had a lot to move around with anyway, but you know, but with this one, I have wondered, yeah, I mean, it is still, we're still in March here, so there's still time, obviously, for some of that stuff to purkle, uh up. But, like, yeah, I mean, I wonder if, you know, Holmes and Campbell, um, their whole thing is <laughs> built on sort of like, we're going to say, you know, well, we're going to do what we say, say what we do, and all that, and I don't want to say anything or commit to anything that I don't want to, and I, I, you know, that's why I say the back channel, we joke about these things that, like, that's where those leaks and all that stuff kind of comes out. But with the Lions, I think, you know, yeah, I, I do wonder if it's still maybe Holmes sort of feeling his way around about, like you said, you know, you don't want to overplay your hand. You don't want to, you know, we can both remember watching Bob Quinn poorly navigate the situation. And some of that was beyond his control Um, the year uh, what was it? they drafted Okuda 2019 when they had that pick at three and it was like, well, I mean, in a a normal situation, maybe they would have had a better chance to trade that thing, but you know, it it, it didn't work in any way. And they were stuck. And it was like, what do you do? You don't want to be stuck. But at the same time, like there isn't a situation where the lions are going to be stuck here. They're, They're going to get a good football player no matter what. So for me, it's more about, you know, Willis should be on their board in serious consideration one way or the other. And then I'd look around at everything else happening in the NFL and I think, that if they sort of play their cards right, I don't know how that is. I mean, that's for them to figure out that they could be in a pretty advantageous situation come draft night because I think there should be a market for Kayvon Thibodeau. I think there's a lot of teams that are that really like him. You're you're hearing more and more trash being talked about Kayvon. That's not on accident, right? Like that's it's that time of year, and so I think there'll be a market for him. I think they're. I don't know if there'll be a market for Willis or not, but like you know. A lot more possibilities are starting to pop up here um, in theory, and it'll be interesting to see how these things kind of unravel.
0: Yeah, I mean, 2020, that Okuda draft feels like a missed opportunity. And we talked about trying to find a way out of there, but then Tua went five, Herbert went six. And so you look back Mm -hmm. and say, well, neither of those teams were willing to go up two spots and get a guy. And so um, right, I don't know. That feels like a missed opportunity. But also I will say this was about the time of year it was still March last year when the 49ers made their big move to three. Um, yeah. Yep. And that draft was a little more settled, I guess. Uh, you had a feeling what was going to happen at the top, so you knew what was going to be there. You had the two, two quarterbacks three, guess, that, but yeah, right, yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that something happens in the near future here. So I, I, I don't – I mean – do you think that they're in a spot where they're still better off trading, depending on what? I mean, obviously, depending on what the package is. But like, if they can get an extra pick and slide back, yeah, four spots or five spots or whatever. Like, do you think that that's still the best possibility here, or are there two guys that you say, all right, this is these two are way above the rest of this class. They should just take whoever in well, or yeah. I mean, that that's bad. a
1: good question. I mean, probably the answer is probably the trade. Um, in this draft, is probably the, is probably the most advantageous. Like you know, it would, obviously it would depend on the deal and everything else. But as long as it's advantageous for for you, then I think in this draft, Hutchinson would probably be the closest thing. Like if he's there, he would probably be the one just because of the fit. You know, not just not just because he's probably the most complete. Um, ready right now, open the package, he's ready to go, just, you know, insert batteries type thing, you know, guy who's going to be able to walk out there day one and make an impact that you will feel, that everyone in the building will feel and see, and it won't be, he sucks or whatever, you know, this guy's a bum or, no, like, you, you won't have to wait any of that, it'll be, you know, and so he's probably the one, like, if Jacksonville doesn't take him, that you say to yourself, like, all things considered the, the, that we know about him, And what he can give us, like we talked about back in, like, January, like, he answers more questions than Thibodeau, you know, regarding pass rush, run defense, and coverage. He's a more complete package. So he would be the one. If it's not him, Kayvon is probably there with Walker in terms of, like, the ones that you're going to have to make a decision for. For me, I think there's a lot more people on the Kayvon side that would say just take Kayvon. And I think there's a lot more people that would say they would have a harder time trading off of him because... He is a special and elite pass rusher. I still have questions about other areas of his game. I don't care about the the off-the-field stuff as much as some of these people do. But there are other areas, you know, run defense specifically. But whatever. If you like him, I get that. After that, though, you know, that's what I would ask you the same question. Like, after that, yeah, I feel like the trade, you could just get more. You have an opportunity to get more. And they're still in that situation where that feels like it's a win. And it's hard to ignore
0: I, I mean I think if Hutchinson goes one trade is probably your best option unless yeah. unless you want Willis I guess but like I just don't I don't see a lot of separation between even even really Walker and Thibodeau and like Jermaine Johnson and some of these guys you might be right. able to get yeah. later in round exactly. one like I think that they're the best I think Walker and Thibodeau are the the you know two three in whatever order you want to put them as those edge guys but. Yep. I don't think there's a huge, huge like Jermaine Johnson to me is a top ten pick in this class. I, I think. agree, if, and I so agree. <laughs> I don't think you're losing a whole lot there. Like Hamilton, um, maybe make the case that he's the first or second prospect in this class, but I, yep, I could see him being there at like where'd you have him in the mock? He I wasn't could see. Top I mean, five, the, right?
1: No, I mean, you know, honestly, th- when I was uh, messing around with it at one point, uh, I could see a scenario not that crazy where he was down at like nine. You know, yeah, where it was like right. he could fall to nine or ten, and it's like, and you looked at it, and you're like, well, that's not nuts. And he's a great player, but it's like, does anybody need? Do you, do, you know, do you need? It's like Kyle Pitts. It's the same kind of thing with Kyle Pitts last year, where it was like he's an awesome talent, but like he's a safety. He's still, you know, so yeah. Point being right. is, some of these guys could slip. Yeah.
0: So I, I mean, I think I would look to trade out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just. Uh, it sort of circles back to the difficulty with the conversation on these quarterbacks, though, too, because I think the the way this draft class sets up, the Lions are sort of in this this no man's land where either you're going to have to really, really take a risk here at two and get. I'm assuming it would be mm-hmm. Willis at this point, but maybe they love Pickett or Ritter or whoever, but you'd really have to take a risk there because I just don't. Maybe you fall into a guy at 32 or into the 20s where you can trade up, but that's a really tough game to sort of play with quarterback. Or say, well, I'll we'll just wait and see what's there. Like that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. how you get in trouble. That's how you end up with Jordan Love at 26, and then you don't know <laughs> right. what to do. And you know, obviously, that's a different situation than what the Lions are in. But like, right. that's, Yeah. Like if you let other teams sort of dictate what quarterbacks you have a shot at, it makes it harder to to find your future guy. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you get Lamar Jackson at 32, and <laughs> great. But, yeah, uh, it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes you get Paxton Lynch at 26, and then you're screwed for the next. The Broncos are still looking for a quarterback. Um, that you know until this year, right? So, until um, this year.
1: But I think you said it earlier. The carousel and the way that this thing is moving now. Maybe does it make you not? That's what I wanted to ask you. Does it make you less terrified of taking a guy? up there and then like, okay, we get a couple years down the road and he sucks and we got to move off of him. Oh God, what do we do? Okay. Well, that's a crisis, but it seems like it's one that's sort of being solved by by some of these teams. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's my question to you here is like, are, are you as, are you less panicked about like, oh God, if we take this guy in the top 10 and he sucks, what are we going to do? Are we ruined? Like, cause that's, that used to be the thought. I'm not so sure that's the thought these days. I mean, what's, what's your sort of read on, on that whole thing? Uh,
0: I mean, I still think you could ruin yourself by well, yeah, the wrong
1: quarterback
0: in the top fair. five. And I think that that's, especially as you look it's ahead. It's definitely to that, bad. Yeah, right. right. You look to next year and that class looks like it's going to be better. It looks like there's going right, to be more yeah. sure things toward the top. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's. It's tough to sort of figure out where Willis slots in in this class, frankly. And I think some teams are going to have him as a top 10 prospect. I think some teams are going to put him as like a third round grade on him because they just don't (laughs) see it. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Is that
0: worth worth it at two? I mean, like I said, I do think you have some cover here because I think you could take – hypothetically, you could take Willis at two, come back and get some combination of edge, safety, receiver – at 32, 34, 66, and walk out of there with three starters uh, mm-hmm. and still feel pretty good about what you did on the first two days of this draft.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing. where that, That's what it gives you is the ability to backload yourself because of all the top 100 picks. So it's like, it's the yeah. same. What would be the difference if you took them at, I mean, obviously, it pays different, but it's like people have said, well, take one at 32, And I'm like, okay, well, why don't you take one at two then? Like, Because it's the same. (laughs) Right. And so like, that's, I think, the point you said maybe several months ago. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing we're kind of talking about right now. Yeah, exactly. I
0: will say, like, I guess at 32, there's more of a possibility that you have a quarterback on top of your board, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. Willis, you Mm -hmm. might have to talk yourself into saying he's the second best player in this class. I don't know that you can do that, even in a class that's so unsettled as this. But at 32, you could get there and have a point where you're like, oh, well. All right, Desmond Ritter is our 20th ranked prospect. He's still here at 32. Let's just let's go best let's player go. available, and he happens to be a quarterback. Like I think that could happen. I think Told that's it. more likely at 32. But again, if you're going and so I guess that's the difference. Are you saying let's just stick to our board, and if we take a quarterback, we take a quarterback? Or are you going into this draft saying we have to get a quarterback? I think that's sort of the conundrum yeah. here. I don't know that the Lions are in that space. I don't get the feeling that they're in that spot no, where they're saying no. we need to get a QB. So.
1: No, I. I they're sort of not.
0: Tend towards the not take yeah. Willis. See what's there later. If a guy happens to fall in your lap, you take him. But I don't. I, I agree think with it, that. It's also yeah. kind of a. I think that sort of gives us some insight into where they see this. This whole project, frankly, like are they, like what are they, how they come out of this draft? I think will give us some insight into where where they see themselves being at. Like, do they think that they're on the verge of really turning a corner? Are they going to load up for need? right away like we need a starting safety and we need a starting linebacker and we need like that's what we're taking or are they going to just go sort of down their list and and they take a Willis or they take a Ojabo who's not going to play this year right yeah right right, right. like yeah do you take some guys that you're looking two years down the road on or are you taking guys that are plug and play I think we'll get some idea sort of how they feel the progress is is going on this whole thing
1: yeah I I feel like that the move for them is still probably to do best player at every spot, unless they, you fell in love with the quarter. Unless you fall in love with the quarterback to a point where you can't ignore it, and I think that's sort of what uh, your guiding light probably always needs to be to a degree. But that's probably where they need to to remain because I think you said it. Uh, Ritter is a great example and maybe the best example of this class. And like Dane, I think gave uh, the Lions Ritter in his last mock draft uh, right after the combine at 32. And, you know, when you look at the board, it was like, okay, like if Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback and Kenny Pickett slides, we know that new Orleans and Pittsburgh still, you know, are in the market for one. Um, so maybe Ritter doesn't make it through there, but maybe he does. And maybe you don't have to do anything and you can still get him at 34 or whatever. in the second round at the top of the second round, I mean, Yes. That is absolutely still a possibility, and I could definitely see that happening this year. The Lions taking a guy in that range, if he's best player available, on their board. You sit him behind Goff, and he's your future guy, and if he's not, whatever. But, like, that's your sort of plan as you go forward, right? Like, And I could certainly see that being in the cards, and I wouldn't hate that at all if that fell to them. Because it's very possible. I'm not ruling it out, and I don't think you would disagree Kenny Pickett could be sitting there at 32. He could yeah. be sitting there in the second round. I, right. I don't know that he's not. So, you know, and we don't know where Willis is going. He's certainly going to be a first-round pick. I think he's a top-ten pick. I don't think he's going to make it past Atlanta, certainly. Um, I don't know if he makes it past Seattle or whatever. But, yeah, but like, beyond that, still very difficult to see where these guys fall, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned you did your mock. I did one with the other Beat writers, which hasn't published yet, and that's the situation that played out. Like some of these other teams, there was a run early on edge guys, Willis went early, but then there wasn't, and there were a bunch of wide receivers, went a bunch of offensive tackles, went and then I was sitting at 32 and Pickett, Ritter, yeah, every quarterback other than Willis was still there. Uh, and I didn't take any of them, but because of some of the other talent that was available, and I went defense, but. I thought long and hard and that was sort of the situation I was just laying out. Like if you're there at 32 and you know, you're picking again at 34. Right. And you right. want that 50 year option and Ritter or Pickett or someone's there that you really think pretty highly of. Do it. That, yeah. I mean, right. Like go
1: take a. That's where you have a little wiggle room now, I think. Right. I well, think the like pressure's off there. Right. Yeah, I th- exactly. I think that when we're talking about like, When we talked about this back in January of 2021 in terms of, like, every decision they make has to be, like, measured to the fucking, like, centimeter, right? Because, like, if anything is off at all, you got to start over. Like, that was sort of how they were when they started everything at, at the beginning. I think now, of course, you're saying, you know, it's a later pick than number two, so obviously the pressure's off. But I think you're also, like, you've got more capital to work with now. Your cap is in better spot. You found some pieces that you like in other spots. Like, okay, like, you can roll the dice a bit more here. You don't you can't, like, go all in and just gamble with your eyes closed. But I do think there's something to be said about somewhere in that top 100. I don't know where it would be. They maybe can feel better about taking a chance on a guy, right? I think that I, I think that's where I'm going. I don't know if you would agree, but like I think they're at the spot in the rebuild now where they've really done a good job, I think, of staying logical and staying very careful and conservative and, you know, really with everything. And so if they want to get a little ahead of themselves or whatever you want to call that with a guy that they really, really like somewhere in there, then I would say go for it.
0: I, I th- some of this ties back, too, to just golf in general and like what the organization sure. thinks of him and how we see him i mean he's still under contract for th- two three more seasons three so more through years, 2024 yeah. you can get out after 2022 if you want but i think we still have some doubt that they want to get out <laughs>
1: like, i still think that yeah they not like sure golf yeah um, i don't think they know yet no i don't think they made a decision Certainly not, no.
0: So what do you think that does to the, like, because that's the other reason, like, Willis makes sense because I think he's a draft and develop guy. He's a sit, let's maybe give him some packages, let's get him some snaps here and there, but he's going to, we'll target a year down the road. Ritter or Pickett probably could start for you next year if you needed them to. Does that change the
1: conversation for you? Well, no, because I think for me, you know, Willis, like I said, you know, Willis was someone who I looked at maybe in like let's say last fall and thought he's not going to be ready his rookie year. He might be ready his second year, but I'm not sure by his third year, he should be fine. Right. By the, you know, I watched more of it. you watched his season by the end of the season. And by the time we finished up watching him at the senior bowl, my thought was he's probably not going to be ready day one of his rookie year. He will absolutely be ready day one of his second year. He'll be ready to go. Like I will have, I don't have doubts on that. Um, I'm ready to buy that that's, you know, a possibility, I, I I suppose, with him. So I don't think it changes a ton there because I think both guys, either guy or whatever in any situation, like you're saying, if it's Ritter or Pickett, um, you still see what you got with Goff. You know, he's your guy this year. You tell him maybe next year he's still your guy, and then you let the rookie fight from behind, and the minute it looks like he's not... You know, you let competition sort it out. I think that that would be what you do. And I think you could do that with any of those guys this year in the draft. And I also think you could take a guy next year, and to your point, because you still have golf under contract for whatever it is, three more years, I guess, you, you could still, in theory, do that. I mean, you could still use golf as a bridge to whatever the next guy is this year or next year with any of the guys we're talking about, I think, in this class. Or the top of next class, so there are still options. They don't have to do anything here uh, with quarterback. I think that still holds um, after all the shuffling and everything else. But you know, I think Willis is certainly one that you have to take a deep look at. I think a lot of teams have to take a deep look at him because you really don't want to pass on a guy like that if you're not, you know what I mean. Like if it's like, I don't know, I think he's going to be really good. Well, take him, right? Like I think, right, right, you know, <laughs> like so. That's kind of the thing with him.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I keep going back and forth. I they will also mention it feels like they went out of their way to try to get Goff back to a good headspace last year. And so if you yeah. do still well, have confidence they, in yeah, him. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, I don't know, like you can't avoid drafting a quarterback because you're worried that Goff's going to have like an anxiety attack. But
1: no, no, no. But
0: I do think no. that there is something to trying to keep him comfortable if they think he can still be a pretty good quarterback in this. Right. Day. So I. Well, I I think that's an
1: interesting conversation because I think that there's differences of what we're talking about here. Because last year, I think, would we agree that the task was as much about getting Goff's confidence back into himself just as a football player because Sean McVay had, like, taken it away. He just basically (laughs) destroyed it. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it was personal or vindictive, Mm -hmm. but the Rams crushed him. (laughs) I mean, they just, they crushed him, right, by... Giving up on a former number one overall pick and basically literally giving up on him for someone older, (laughs) right? It's just, that's crushing, I'm sure, to a guy's psyche. I would say that that was maybe as much about anything else in the Lions saying, we need you to be usable for like a couple years here. We can't completely lose you, uh, you know, in all things considered. Now, I think you can tell him that you've got him back to feeling like himself again, like... Hey, Jared, we liked where you were at. You're our guy. Go out there and sling it. But this is still the NFL. Like, we've gotten you back to feeling confident again, but you still got to compete. So I think as the older Goff gets, he's got to have the maturity to handle that situation as it is. He got over the heartbreak of being, you know, sort of crushed in public, which was not a thing to make light of. I mean, that's a real deal. So that was something that I think he had to get over as a player. And I think moving forward, you can't be afraid, if you're the Lions, of how he would react. And he shouldn't you know, that should just be something that's understood there. That maybe they take a quarterback and he should just have to be fine with that. I mean, if if that's gonna be a problem, then I think that's another conversation. And I don't think it should be a problem. I think Goff, all the things we hear about him, to me, I, I think he would be okay in that spot. I do. I, yeah. I'd be surprised I'd be surprised, actually, if if he were anything but helpful or okay or whatever they need me to do here you know because because i do think last year was as much about you know look this guy we need to help him get his own personal confidence back because you know circumstance was what it was and he needs that for himself right now and and that was that so we'll see but i i would be surprised if that were an issue for them maybe i don't know
0: I said you didn't have Hamilton in the top five. You had him at number five in your mock. So I just want to go back to the mock because you had had Hutchinson go one and then you had the Lions take Mm -hmm. Walker uh, and then Equanu. three to the Texans, Neil four to the Jets. So a little offensive lineman run and then Hamilton five Um, and Willis six. So uh, if you're, as you were looking at that, uh, he had Atlanta take a quarterback to where, where do you think is a logical spot if the Lions do want to trade down? Do you think it's, Like, is Carolina the team that feels the most desperate to you? Is Atlanta? Like, Atlanta just signed uh, Mariota right after they got rid of uh, Right, Atlanta
1: just signed Mariota, and New Orleans just signed James. Carolina's
0: tried to get in on every quarterback who's been traded for the past 12 months and hasn't been able to. Yeah um 12 years yeah <laughs> new, you know new orleans is down there at uh <laughs> yeah, 18 right. needs a quarterback yeah. pittsburgh really likes malik willis they're down at 20 they need something for the future so uh, what's your yes. best guess for the so, team that would be most desperate
1: i guess the falcons i think probably being the most desperate you know we'll see about seattle i think that was the one too that um you know you don't know i mean it, they are obviously in a post Russell Wilson world, and I, you know, it's been a minute since they've been in this situation as a franchise, so it's hard, I think, to maybe totally guess on what they want to do. I know they just had Kaepernick, I think, work out right the other day, so I don't know what all is happening there with them or what their plans are, but like those are the teams that you look at and say need quarterbacks. For the Lions going down outside the top 10, that feels like it would be maybe not so great, but there does seem to be, you know, maybe an avenue, and you know, I guess. You never know. I don't know. Would you entertain falling out of going down to 20? I guess it would have to be a haul. It would have to be a lot. But, you know, what would it take, I guess, on that end?
0: <sighs> TJ Watt?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it would have to be a lot. It would right? have to I be mean, a lot. Yeah. And so how much do you love him if you're Pittsburgh, right? That's kind of what you're – so you have, yeah, teams that are so – right.
0: I mean, to go to 20, I think you're talking about 20 plus next year's first plus like a two somewhere. Like it would have to be – a significant deal. That's what I, mm-hmm. what did I can't even, what the 49ers get last year in that trade or would they give up? It was oh, 12. Was I think it was three first rounders and a third or something like that. Right. It to go to three. Like that, so yeah. uh, I yeah. think that's probably what you're talking about. Like I think it'd be two or three thir- firsts and huge haul a yeah. sweetener. And like you'd know, so, probably a player. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. Pittsburgh would have to sell out new Orleans too at 18. I think it'd be similar. So to me, it feels like there's a floor there probably of like seven, maybe right in front of Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, because then it's Atlanta and Seattle back to back. So I think that that's five, either five to get in front of Carolina or seven to get in front of Atlanta, Seattle, probably where teams would want to be. So, yeah, and that feels fine. Like, again, like in this draft class, if you go to five and get an extra, even get picked, like if you get five and 36 for two, I think you'd feel yeah. okay.
1: Yes, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would feel fine anywhere in the top 10, I think, in this draft. I think to 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 that degree, I think, because that's probably the question, right? Um, you know, I think you're going to be able to get a guy somewhere in the top 10 that would help the Lions right away. I think that's kind of the answer we're looking for. Like, if I could think of any of the edge guys, I think all of them in the, that, we're, that we talk about as top 10 prospects – uh, would be able to help um if you went hamilton i think he would be able to help i think i mean hell if you went with one of the corners i think either you know sauce or stingley maybe even would be able you know to help so i that's kind of the thing again where it's like there's a lot this draft is not one where it's like oh there's not a guy you you can't pass on him you'll you know there's you'll never you'll never you'll always regret it i don't know if that's In this draft, Hutchinson maybe would be the one. And after that, I think it gets—and that was how we started this conversation. But, like, that's—we'll see where it all sort of unfolds. But it's definitely—there's a lot going on around the Lions right now. And I guess we'll see maybe where that all bubbles. I don't know. But it's changing the board, definitely. Yeah. Because as I went through it, you know, like, we were talking last night. Like, I'm not sure if Seen's going to make it all the way down to the bottom— but, like, maybe, like, some of those guys now that we thought about, like, there's no way he's going to make it down there to 3-2 if you don't move. Some of those guys might. I don't know. Like, it's changing things. It feels like the board isn't done changing, I guess, is maybe what I would also say. So, yeah.
0: I mean, it is a good year to have extra picks. I mean, t- the difference between twenty and eighty in this class is not it's a not lot. Not crazy, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, It's not crazy. So, uh, I, I think that there's. Yeah, I mean, shit. Can, the difference
1: you, between fifteen and sixty is it that. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: Right. So if you even to get like an extra second or third round, like to get one or two more shots in on day two, I think would be worth mm-hmm. considering in this draft. So uh, there's yep. a lot for the Lions. I mean, we haven't. Um, we also haven't talked. I think the last time we recorded was before free agency, right? So they hadn't signed DJ Shark. They hadn't brought back Anzalone and Walker, and right. Uh, what else has happened? They brought, Mike Hughes just signed. Uh Jalen yeah, Reeves Maven awesome. left. Chris Broad came over from Baltimore. Um, am I forgetting people? I'm sure I'm forgetting people. People they've resigned for sure. I'm forgetting, oh, Charles but, uh, Harris. Charles Harris well. was a big yeah. one. Yeah, obviously. Um, so I don't know. What's your temperature on? Uh, I wrote, you know, last week sort of just trying to calm people down because I feel like there was panic <laughs> over like re-signing oh, every yeah, Khalif right, Raymond yeah. came back, you know, like just re-signing everyone. One, yeah. Um and now they've added um, Shark and right. Broad right. and uh Hughes. Still quite a few spots where you could get better, but I don't know. How are you feeling about this first to now into this at least into the second wave of free agency here?
1: No problems really. I I think that you know, we'll see if if Hughes is their answer to what we kind of talked about. Is um, you know the next step there being you got to sign a defensive back. You know, you got to sign you know another veteran presence of some sort um, that can go in there. Maybe there's another answer there on the way, another corner whatever else it would be. But you know, yeah, I mean, based on the contracts, I think we you know don't did not mind re-signing Tracy Walker at all. Did not re- uh, mind re-signing Harris at all. Uh, based on the deals that they were given, there weren't any commitments there that were insane, I didn't think. And then beyond that, you know, I, no, I, there was no reason to panic and spend crazy money on someone who was going to do what for you next year? Turn you from a four win team to a six win team? <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about with some of those some of those signings that some people float, you know, in some of these years where every time one of these guys, that's an attractive name pops up and it's like, go oh, quiet. Well, the lions would be embarrassing if they don't call him right now. And it's like, well, what, for what <laughs> to sacrifice, like 10% of their cap for a guy that's going to do literally nothing for them, you know, in the long, in the long stretch of things. So no, I, I have no problem with how they've handled uh free agency at all. Um, you know, and I, I, to a degree could understand the fear from some that had said, you know, it it's starting to feel like they're just re-signing the guys they went to and whatever with, you know, last year or whatever. And that's all they're doing. And it's like, that's not really all they're doing because they still really haven't made any long, you know, the only long-term commitments, who are the long-term commitments they have on the books right now in general? Would it be, the draft picks from last year, the draft picks, uh yeah. Ragnar, Ro- Romeo, now and Romeo. Is that it? That might be it. I don't know if there's anybody else, because Flowers is out. So, you know, yeah, like, Yeah. There's not a lot of long-term commitments that have been made here, which means there's still a lot of paths you can take. There's still a lot of, you know, directions you can go. Cuts you can make if you want to make a football analogy. So, like, I think that's important. Uh, In a rebuild, you have to be able to pivot off of something and go a different direction, kind of at all times. Like, that's kind of what they're doing, right, in a lot of areas. Like, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner where it's like, okay, it's draft time, and we have to take a guy here now. We don't have a choice, and we don't like him, but we have to do it anyway, right? Like, you never want to do that, and I think they're just still in a situation where they're trying to make themselves... Uh, get as much kind of room for error as possible. And I think that they're doing fine in that area. They've helped themselves with the cap. No problems there. You know, what is your, did you, I know you wrote about it, but I mean, like, I don't know if there's anything more to add on that front because it's been very logical still to this point, I think, for the Lions. And that's made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can, and as I mentioned, as I wrote, I mean, I, th- I can understand the frustration with there not being more of a splash because it does feel like there's, in this division sure, and in sure. this conference, a bit of a window to go from three, it, three yeah, 13 it. and yeah. one to nine and eight exactly. and be in mm-hmm. it. I, and I think that they thought they, and we all thought they should have won more than three last year. So if you, yeah. if they're internally looking at themselves as, well, we should have been. 5-12 and 12 or 6-11, and 11, it's not a huge leap to say, well, we can be a 9-8 team. Um, right, right. And so it, it, the only one that, like I thought, Marcus Williams was the one I think we all kind of had circled and said that yep. would make a lot of sense. And the money he got was big, but it wasn't astronomical. I think they could have made it work. Walker's cap hit for this year is like $3.5 or something they, because of how they structured that contract. So I think they could have made it work to have both mm-hmm. those guys. That was the one where it felt like maybe right. they missed out. And I don't know that they were in it right to the end, but that's the one where it felt like maybe they missed out. Everything else, like Shark, I think is a good signing. I think it was a little yeah. a little unusual that they tacked on two void years to his contract because now you're probably carrying him on the books beyond when he's here. Uh, I mean, I guess he could play his way into being a, a long-term well, fit. yeah, right. Um, but you're possibly carrying him on the books. But Harris <laughs> – you got back. He's a three million dollar cap hit this year. You could move on from him next year. You haven't done anything like you said to to sort of hamstring you into the future. And I think you look at where they're at. Like the offense looks like it's going to be pretty good, and the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense to me is where you're still like in the second and third wave. You can find we have. You make this point all the time. Like, you can go find a starting cornerback in the NFL. And they just did the Mike Hughes contract. Exactly. Like, he's going to, he, people keep asking, well, is he going to, like, does this mean, what does this mean for Okuda? What does this mean for Jerry Jack? Mike Hughes is your starter right now. He is a starting cornerback right now for you. And then you figure out anything else. Uh, Yeah. Like, you can't count on Okuda coming back right away. You can't count on Jacobs coming back. So I think your starters at this very moment, are probably Hughes and Oro or Warrior, and Melifon was your third, and AJ Parker's in the slot, and that's where your starting point is. But they still need, I think they still need to add there. They need, uh, how many safeties do you think that they need? Oh <laughs> like my God. What is, what people, three? <laughs> it's like become a running <laughs> gag that we talk about yeah, Will right. Harris as much as we do, but like, <sighs> I know
1: uh they, yeah they keep i talking mean talking
0: about him they keep bringing him well up okay time. so like
1: i but i think that even if they love him like let's say that they still let's say they love him like and he's their guy like i still think you need another one like uh, like hughes you need another guy because i think the point here is like you mentioned earlier the offense is on the verge you're you're gonna have an offense that can move the ball next year if golf does the things that you think at baseline minimum he can do the offensive line takes a step right Defense, you know, there's still things to work on, but I think the main thing defensively that you have to keep in 2022 is, like, the enthusiasm and the energy and effort that they played with the whole year. That can't fade, right? Like, because last year it never faded even when they were sucking. Like, even when they went through some stretches where it was like, holy shit, this is bad. They are real bad (laughs) right now. But, like, they didn't quit. They never gave up, right? They just kept scrapping – And fighting. And that's something that's like, you know, we can't sit here and say that that's just going to happen every year. Like, some of that is unique to the time and situation and the mix that they had right then and there, right? That you can't recycle that every single year. You can say you want to, but I think to a degree, you have to be able to bring some guys in like A. Hughes, like, you know, and that's why I think it was important to bring back somebody like Anzalone. Like, you have to bring some veterans who understand the situation, who understand what's happening who want to help push the younger players, uh, who aren't going to suffocate the younger players, but also think you know that they've still got enough to give an NFL team um, and be valued and be wanted and used. And I think that the Lions still have opportunities, I would say, to offer probably veterans in certain situations that can help them. And that's what I would probably say. If you're not going to you know, move off of Will Harris and and go to a different, you know, starting safety next to Tracy Walker, then you at least probably got to do something with regard to let's get a safety net then. Bring somebody else in here that in case this thing gets off the rails and you get six games in and Walker's looking around like, what the hell are we doing? Why am I still standing next to this guy who can't figure out what's going on? Then you have an answer, right? Like, those are the things you got to avoid now. Like, as I think that's the stuff That as you move forward into this rebuild, like the guys that you have on board, you have to keep helping them. And the minute you look like you're ignoring them and not helping them, you know, is when those cracks start to come up. And I think that's important for the front office to sort of remember as you go forward here.
0: And also to the points that we made about, you know, sort of sticking to the plan, like Jalen Reeves-Maben was the one I thought.
1: Yeah. Of the
0: guys who left, that was the one that...
1: Thought they'd bring him back, yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Just the way that they talked about him, the way we knew... Campbell mm-hmm. thought about him I think that was as much Reeves may been wanting to go somewhere where he was going to be assured a big role as anything else money um and yeah. good money and he got good money and that and they brought in this is I think it was a good move to go get Chris Board from I might call him Chris Broad yep. earlier but Chris Board from uh Baltimore because he's gonna fill A lot of that same stuff. He's been a guy that, like, if you go back and look at how Baltimore's coaches have talked about him, it's how the Lions talked about Reeves-Maben, like, in July of last year. Like, we think there might be more in here than what Mm -hmm. he's been able to show here. And they got him for, like, half the price of Reeves-Maben for this year. And he'll play that special. He's a really good special teams player. He'll be your, you know, fill-in linebacker. So I think that that was smart. But that one, you know, that's... The reason Maven one was uh, a little unexpected. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think that they've done a decent job. I, Mike Hughes was a nice signing, nice value signing. I think that they need – I still think they need two safeties. I think they need one more corner. <laughs> they need another linebacker. Uh, they need another pass rusher. Like, you've still got a pretty big list uh-huh. here. And that's why you look at the draft uh, and talk about it so much. But, um, but uh, it, it can't still, all come
1: from the draft, to your point. Yeah, right.
0: It still, to me, looks – Shaky in a lot of places. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> shaky. Yeah.
1: It's not stable. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would agree with that. Shaky in a lot of places. But I think like, you know, room, like you said, like, you know, just it th- there's room for them to take good steps uh in a lot of areas, but like that would be the one thing free agency-wise, I guess. Still, it's like you still probably need some guys that can be talent upgrades right now to make sure that you're not like getting stuck in your progress. Because next year, you know, that's the thing we don't, we haven't really talked about a ton yet and it's only March. But like when you get into next season and you get going, you know, no one expected the Lions to win anything obviously last year. Now we look at the fans and we saw how they went through the year and they started panicking about going 0-17 after, what, week two, I would say, week three. So that, you know, was a thing they had to, the hurdle they had to climb. But, you know, everybody was willing to give Dan Campbell the, you know, benefit of the doubt. Basically, wire to wire. After they saw the fight, after that first game, it was like, okay, you know, we get this guy. We're here. Not, you know, some of that gets harder. So, like, you have to make sure, I think, and some of that comes through free agency and, and being smart with those signings and making sure that you're, Selling those opportunities to the right people. Um, you know, and that's why the one signing I would say that I look at still and I'm like, I don't know about that totally was the Tim Boyle one. <laughs> maybe it was the one. People, are, about, not, so people sure are not happy
0: about that. Signing. What
1: you're doing with that one. You're going to have to prove me on that one. But other than that, everything I think has been cool. And like, I would say, though, that maybe there is still room like you're saying you can't add all of those defensive needs right now through the draft. Some of those need to be veteran voices, too, uh, I think, that are sprinkled in there.
0: <laughs> we kept telling people they like Tim Boyle, though,
1: to be they fair. They do, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, how much? Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's not anything, like, again, it's not a long-term commitment. It's not anything they can get out of or whatever, so I guess we'll see.
0: I didn't think they need to sign both those guys on the same day. You know, bring them You could have gotten Blau back in June, right? I and
1: I, I, you know, yeah, and I understand the fans see that. Like the average fan is like, "What the hell is this?" Like the average fan who, who doesn't, you know, get into the weeds sees that and is like, "What the hell are they doing? Why are why do we have three quarterbacks, none of which anyone would want as their star <laughs> under contract? Four yeah. quarterbacks, and so it's like, yes, I get that point. <laughs> that point of it from thirty thousand feet, it looks pretty bad, but you know. I you know I I don't know I can't really explain the Boyle one I guess as much but is what it is it's not that big of a deal either I guess to be fair
0: how how close to being done do you think Brad Holmes is with his spending here because I do think that the second and third wave is when he's going to jump in they st- I like whether it's Nick Williams coming back or someone similar to Nick Williams probably defensive tackles on that list too safety corner like how how many more signings are you expecting here
1: I would think that they they still probably get. Like you're saying, maybe like one or two one or two notable additions defensively would maybe be what I would I would kind of maybe look at. One or two, you know, another defensive back, maybe two defensive backs, maybe another defensive back and a defensive lineman. And then maybe you already brought back Ancelotti, and maybe you take care of a linebacker in the draft, right? Like maybe that's what, and then you feel, you know, obviously the draft for other spots too, but maybe two sizable noted ones like when i say noted i mean guys who could come in and you know reasonably maybe start a game and carry a load like that kind of thing so but i think you're right i think that the next and we'll see sort of what else happens elsewhere and who else comes available i guess um but i would that's what i would also say is like i wouldn't necessarily rule anything out on them with their money all the way up you know like wouldn't even be shocked if they got to camp and you're like, what are they doing here? <laughs> like, and then it's still like, right. and then they bring right. somebody yeah. in maybe, in, you know what I mean? Like, I could definitely see that. I could see him even sitting deep into August or maybe July as you get into early August and then seeing or taking a look. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I they need some more veteran help there. Yeah. And the back end for sure. I mean, that's just, Hughes is a nice ad, but I, I don't feel like it's enough.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think everyone would <laughs> would agree there. It's I, not enough. Yeah. And, and even knowing how good these coaches can be like to try and piece it together. Uh, yeah, I
1: I almost feel like two more defensive backs is like kind of, you know what I mean? Like that that almost would be my if you're going to spend, but I don't know if that's what they'll do, but that's sort of almost my yeah. yeah, it's it's shaky for sure.
0: Right. I mean, I I will continue for now to give will harris the benefit of the doubt because they like him so much I they tweet, like him yep. i mean i tweeted out the other day i wa- went back and watched some of juju hughes this guy they claimed from the rams at the end of the mm-hmm. season uh, he looks like he's kind of a movable piece in that back end maybe he's in the mix so again you probably could piece it together and same thing at cornerback like if okuda's healthy you've got four or five guys that you could play but
1: Right, but what's he going to be? I mean, exactly.
0: (laughs) You're facing the Packers Um, twice and Justin Jefferson twice. The Dolphins Dolphins are on the
1: schedule this year. Yeah, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, not to get too deep into this, uh, the Packers lost Devontae Adams, but they still have two picks, and they can still draft, like, Chris Olave or something, and that's going to be just as bad or damn near close. (laughs) Maybe not just as bad, but it's going to be bad. So, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of... Really good receivers around here, and they're not going to stop coming as you watch college football. So, yes, I agree. It's shaky, and they need to get better there. Like that's the thing we talked about. Like Aaron Glenn can only do so m- <laughs> can only do so much. Like he needs some level of veteran help. I think back there to help the young guys too. Like that's that's how you have to look at it. You're 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 getting a double whammy. You're you're you know Hughes comes in, he helps you right now on the field, but he's also helping you know the guy behind him grow. So uh, that's that's try- That's what you're ideally trying to pay for right now. Still, I think.
0: All right. Well, I am uh, headed to the league meetings. A little spring break trip to, <laughs> like,
1: a forty-eight hour spring
0: break trip to Palm Beach. At the ridiculous. I thought uh, that was
1: in Phoenix. Okay, so you're not doing forty-eight it, hours to Phoenix. It to bounces back yourself? and
0: forth. This year's back in uh, <laughs> West at the, the Breakers in West okay. Palm Beach, which they throw. Uh, oh my god. The. Uh, the, the like Monday night soiree they throw for everyone is back on, which is just like, <laughs> I can't even Im- imagine how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that they blow on this. The NFL blows on this. The, the hotel that they're at, if you go on there right now and look for a room... Uh, for next month, it, it's it starts at about seventeen hundred dollars a night, so <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, I am not staying there. So Chris will be like going to hang out with the Hampton upper crust of the world, yeah,
1: the world's decision makers. You'll be by Del Boca Vista down there by uh, yeah. the Seinfeld retirement <laughs> <Swing>. community, <laughs> play some shuffleboard. <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, so that's always, uh, it's always an interesting, well, uh, it's always an yeah. interesting couple of days. Like, uh, you know, well, hey,
1: Sheila will have some interesting stuff to talk about. about Sheila things, should right be down
0: right there. Rod Wood should be down yeah. there. Brad Holmes, uh, Dan Campbell, I would mm-hmm. assume, you know, Dan Campbell's down there. They do like a coach's yeah. breakfast with the media, uh, on the record for a half hour, cool. Monday, Tuesday, every coach in the league is supposed to come. So, uh, I will be down there for that. And then we've got a pretty straight shot into the draft from there. So, um, Buckle up. How how, how are you – What what's your grade on the Lions offseason so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I would say a solid B, right? Like, I mean, I think you you made the point about, you know, missed opportunity um, with Marcus. Like, that's one. Yeah, and I think that's fair. That would be fair to say. Like, if you were going to spend money, like, that would be one. That was one worth, you know, there's a fit there. There's a familiarity there. Um you could have made it work, probably. So that would be one where you'd say, "Okay, maybe that's one." But beyond that, you know, uh, solid BB plus. I, I just don't really have a lot of things that I would be mad at that they did. You know, like I don't. I think we both kind of said when when it started, like if you want to take a shot at a guy, it's not going to be you can, but you really need to sell it. It's got to be like it's got to work in all areas. So I really like the shark. Addition. I think that was really good and savvy and the, the way the contract worked out and in bringing and being able to bring back guys like Walker and Harris to reward them and show the rest of the building that they're willing to do that. I think that is super important and will go a long, long way in keeping the thing we just talked about, about keeping the morale kind of where you want it. So B plus, I don't have any problem with it. Like, you know, and that's, I wasn't looking for an A plus really. <laughs> I didn't need them to go do anything right. nuts. Right. So right there, not showing off, not falling behind. I mean, Go hit an A-plus in the draft. That's where I would pref- – if you're going to have an A-plus in the offseason, I'd prefer it be in the draft. Ten times out of ten, really, but like, especially this year.
0: It feels like that's almost what they're aiming for, right? Like a B. Yeah. Give yeah. us a B free agency yeah. period, trade whatever, offseason, and, and then, then we'll see what we draft. can do from there. Yeah. I, I will also mention as we close, like I think it's important we keep hearing every single guy that they sign keeps talking about the culture, which I, I think is important. Mm-hmm. But I also – Like, you connect these dots. DJ Chark was a guy that John Dorsey did a ton of work on before that draft. Mike Hughes came in and said he met with Aaron Glenn before his draft, and the Saints really liked him. Like Mm -hmm. they obviously Mm -hmm. was a history with Reynolds. They're still bringing in, for the most part, guys that they knew before they got into free agency. Like, they didn't just open the book on free agency and say, all right, (laughs) Right. what do we know about this guy? It's still (laughs) guys that they have Uh some level of history with and understand. And so I think that that is – we talk about sort of reading the tea leaves. Like I think that they're still very much in that, like let's lay the foundation stage of this. Uh, And, and so we'll see where it goes from there, I guess. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think so far so good and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. That's, uh that's kind of how it's been for a while.
0: All right. So uh, you can find our podcast on the app, uh, the athletic app ad free head over and get a subscription. If you haven't yet, uh, we still have a nice deal running. You also will get, Dane's uh Nick mentioned Dane's the beast there is incredible draft guide uh usually drops the first week of April so we're getting pretty close here I think Dane, it's I'm coming sure, because yeah in, like, I, that's why weeks. I
1: did the mock yeah <laughs> <laughs> because I think they were like they wanted Dane to do one this week um after free agency and with all the carousel and they're like but I think he's about to fall over <laughs> because <laughs> of the because I think it's due or something soon so yeah soon it's on the way for sure yes
0: He's got, like, I think he's got four kids now, like, young kids yeah, at his house, and he works from an office. Is, uh, like just,
1: yeah, I can commiserate I, with two, I and I, I know, know you can, too. So. I don't know how yeah. he's <laughs>
0: feeling health-wise these <laughs> days, but hopefully he pulls through and gets, yeah. <laughs> gets the, the beast is on the way, So that comes with your subscription, uh, and obviously we'll have a ton of draft content. Like I mentioned, I'll be in Palm Beach next week for the league meetings, hear what everyone has to say down there, and then uh, we got about a month, less than a month from, from then until the draft, so... Stick with us here. We'll have a ton more content for you. Uh, As mentioned, you can find us on the Athletic app ad-free or Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you listen. So thanks to tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.